0: Here, there was darkness of a grayish texture. It was undisturbed and hushed, except for the sound of the last shot, which still lingered in the air like an unresolved chord. The girl stood against the cold wall, brushing the loose plaster with the shoulder of her angora sweater. The light that tinged the blackness came from nowhere in particular. It seeped through the cracks of the ancient building like mist, through lights outside in the night. Sounds here were magnified. The scurry of tiny rodent feet along the floor grew louder. Something soft and furry brushed the girl's instep, and she shuddered. She pushed the enameled tips of her fingers into her darkish blonde hair at the temples and stared wide-eyed at nothing. Her left cheek throbbed. A nasty powder burn had seared the cheekbone. Her hair was singed on that side. Her left ear was deafened briefly, then filled with ringing. After the third shot, there was utter stillness. Somewhere, far down in the bowels of the building, a door slammed. There remained the question of why she was still alive, why there had been no pursuit, unless murder was a kind of hysteria, building up to the climax of three shots which had released the pent-up insanity, leaving only remorse and stunned shock in its wake. She had to see about him down there, about Miff. You couldn't just stand here in the dark with the mice forever, for God's sake. So she went back the way she'd come. Careful searching steps retraced the course they'd come up, stumbling and fleeing, minutes before. Through empty rooms, down musty stairways, through the dust and cobwebs of the ages, down to where there was life, and, perhaps, death. Here was the back door to his kitchen, still gaping at her as she'd left it. The faucet in the sink dripped, undisturbed. The light from his bedroom lamp spilled a circle of light on the threadbare carpet. The turntable in the record player was still spinning, and the needle in the pickup arm retraced its course through the last grooves in the record. Katik, katik, katik. See, here's an early one of Krupa's. It was on a session with Red Nichols. Pee Wee Russell played clarinet on this one, and they had Jack Teagarden on trombone. Now get this opening in the rim shots in the third chorus. had said that. Then he'd turned as the door behind him opened, and he had said angrily, "'Well, what the hell are you doing here?' And the record had played on, but no one had listened. Krupa's drums and the pistol shots had blended. Only the final shot had been without accompaniment, after the record finished. k k-tick, 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 She gazed down at Miff sprawled on his face. She was glad he was that way, face down. She didn't want to have to see his face, The back of his head was all gone, shot away. Her eyes looked like glass marbles. She tried to swallow and vomit came up in her throat, choking her. She went to the door and stumbled down the stairs. She walked in stiff, jerky strides, keeping her eyes straight ahead. She said to herself, don't think, don't think about anything. She looked up surprised. The taxi had already brought her home. She walked up the steps into her place, the place where there was no one. Her fingers sought the hall light switch, then the telephone. She spun the dial. How does one go about reporting a murder? Do you ask for somebody in particular, or do you just blurt it out, she wondered. She was looking straight ahead into the darkness outside the area of light in the hallway. She was staring vacantly for a few moments when suddenly her eyes widened, and then, in another instant, they grew cold and dead. She said, Oh! Yes, the man came out of the shadows of the living room he said, put it down, put it back in the cradle. That's right. The telephone made a small metallic click as she dropped it back in place. The sound was like the closing of a latch.